Invented in 1990, PowerPoint rapidly acquired over a billion users, but arguably became a casualty of its own astonishing success, with some companies, notably Amazon for example, discouraging its use, and detractors even coining the phrase death by PowerPoint to describe presentations gone wrong. But one man reckons PowerPoint is a highly effective way of developing company strategy, and he's isolated three elements of a so-called visual strategy framework to do just that. He's Sotirios Parutis, Professor of Strategy here at Warwick Business School, and in this Core Insights podcast, he'll be explaining what those elements are. I spoke to Professor Parutis on a Zoom line and asked him first how, given the backlash against PowerPoint in certain quarters, he would rehabilitate it, as it were, for strategic management purposes. That's a good question. And actually, a few days ago, uh, Elon Musk actually said that executives should spend less time worrying about being on uh, meeting rooms, uh, less time on finances, even less time on PowerPoint, and try to make their product the best it can be. And somebody would think maybe this sounds like a direct attack on PowerPoint presentations. And I guess my view is that it talks a little bit more about the focus on focusing so much on the what of PowerPoint presentations rather than the how, how PowerPoint presentations can enable us to do more things with our strategies. And I think that uh, the focus of thinking about PowerPoints in a more strategic way. And you stress that visualization, which of course is PowerPoint's stock in trade, is an important part of the toolkit for implementing organizational strategy. Could you perhaps elaborate on that? Yes, and, and uh, I guess in uh, sister um, domains like marketing, um, there is a lot of work that has been done over the years about the importance of uh, visual marketing. So how do our consumers associate certain images with our products? But we, don't, we haven't done so much um, these links into strategic management. What kind of images do we associate with certain companies beyond logos, for example? What set of images do we associate with the strategy of, of a firm? But beyond images here, what we're trying to do is to understand how having um, a visual approach to strategy making can help managers and those in, in strategy making enrich the kind of discussions they have around strategy. So how can you use either its PowerPoint or another way to visualize your, your strategy to generate more interesting and meaningful discussions about your strategy making, which will then lead you to more efficient strategies in, in the future. Well, before we come on to those visual tools, let me just pick up on something you wrote, namely that the disruption caused by the digital revolution has made a lot of the traditional business models redundant. Just remind us in what ways. Yeah, the making them redundant, uh, not completely, I would say they make them less, if you like, valuable in terms of the results of the, their analysis. So we rely, we all know, and we rely a lot on, on data points and more on uh, not only historical data, but uh, live data. And with that comes new ways to map out a lot more detailed data in a meaningful way to help 
strategy makers and those people involved in strategy take uh, meaningful decisions using this data. So because the, the data has become increased over time, how can we then use visualization methods to learn from this data in a, in a meaningful way? Uh, and sometimes having the classic, if you like, two-by-two two framework or two-by-two two matrix is just, uh, it's useful to a certain extent, but we want to infuse that with more live data and have more meaningful discussions and uh, visual, visual methods can help, can help with that. Now, in studying the use and efficacy of PowerPoint, you focused on two examples. The first, a global mining company, and the second, a government treasury department tasked with implementing cost savings. Tell me what you discovered and how PowerPoint helped. The mining company first. So I guess in the case of the mining company, obviously they had a particular structure and they want to centralize the multidivisional IT function. And here we have an established firm in the private sector trying to do what many firms in this setting would like to do, which was thinking and rethinking about the structure. And this is a common strategic challenge many firms have. In the second case, in, we have the public sector, if you like, a government treasury uh, and implementing a government-wide cost-saving measures, which again, cost-saving and cost-saving implications uh, and, and processes is something many organizations do, both in the public and private uh, sector. So here we have two distinctive cases facing uh, still two very tangible strategic challenges, one with a structure and one about cost saving. And where did the visual component fit into that? What visuals did each use and to what effect? Both of them involved engaging with consultancies. Um, and so these two firms and these two strategic challenges for us became two consulting engagements that we looked into more depth. Uh, and of course, as we know, consultants use uh, their own uh, slide decks and uh, ways of, if you like, analyzing complex issues. And to us, it was the way these slides were, were constructed that uh, were very, very important. Trying to see and understand not only the end result of what consultants presented, but uh, the way the work was conducted in getting to this endpoint, uh, to the endpoint of of these slide decks, and as a result of your observations, you drew up what you called a visual strategy framework, and you did highlight three visual mechanisms: depiction, juxtaposition, and salience. Let's take them one by one. What did you mean by depiction, first of all? Yes, and then this relies on uh, the first key question that one can answer and try and think about when, uh, when thinking about how visuals relate to strategy, which is what kind of um, objects do relate to our strategy? Do we want to uh, target in a particular market? Do we want to reposition our value system, uh, for example? What do we need to try and set out with the strategy that we have and what would be the key strategic uh, objects that we'll have and include in our visuals. So what would that mean in practice? Having to decide whether you put a flow chart, a bar chart, a photo or a cartoon on the screen? 
Exactly, and it's, a, it's the essence of depiction. So using a particular visual cue to relate to the particular aspects of the strategy process. So uh, you rightly point out, it could be a picture, it could be a photograph, it could be a historical picture going back to the uh, historical roots of the firm, to the founder, for example, alongside the text or a visual metaphor that could also highlight something tangible about uh, the the strategy of of the firm and uh, what it means. And the second of the mechanisms you highlighted is juxtaposition. So what do you need to take into account with this? Yeah, and, and here we start seeing comparisons. So we're putting elements side by side. So uh, as I mentioned, if we have a picture of the founder or a historical picture, what picture would we use for the today in terms of the historical process or historical issues versus uh, current state? or uh, as very much used in, in, in and related to the case, uh, talking about the structure, what is the, the historical structure we used versus the, the, the future structure we would like to, to, to use. And having these, um, if you like, different elements side by side creates interesting discussions and connections that maybe haven't been highlighted in, in other ways. And thirdly, salience. Yeah, so salience is um, which one, which ones are the elements that uh, visually stand out relative to to others, and and sometimes they might not be obvious from the the slides as is uh, when initially presented. It might become salient and more, if you like, important as the discussions come out and uh, as different individuals get involved. So. Uh, as the discussion emerges, we might start using uh, different colors. We might uh, use uh, larger shapes. And um, in relation to the structure example I gave uh, a moment ago, if we were using a particular business unit that is uh, more important for this particular discussion that we're having, we might put a different color. We might increase this, uh, the, the side of a box we're using. And this, again, uh, is another cue, a visual mechanism to, to recognize the importance uh, of certain visuals and certain dimensions of our strategy making being more important than, than others. And is this what you mean by strategic visibility? And if so, could you perhaps elaborate? Yes, exactly. And visibility comes through the discussion. So as we said uh, a moment ago with the business unit that is emphasized, um, it helps not only communicate that uh, this is an important aspect of our strategy making or of the structure that we have as, as a firm, but also it gives a particular message to the rest of the organization that uh, this is symbolic, this, but also tangible. This is important uh, and it becomes more strategically visible, a unit or a concept or an aspect of our strategy, or even what our customers believe about our products being more important than something else that we have in, uh, we're considering in, in our strategy process. Now, the next stage in harnessing PowerPoint, you said, involves what you call strategic resonance. What exactly is happening at this stage in the process? This is uh, if you like the more ongoing process of uh, being involved in uh, engaging with the slides and with the visuals that we might have, 
when we go about as, for example, consultants and other managers in organizations do, collecting more data points, understanding the reality, um, collecting more documents, conducting interviews, and we're becoming to understand and add more facets to these uh, visual slides. And we start modifying them. Uh, we start to create more discussions uh, out of, of, uh, of these slides. And so if you like, these slides become more alive through the work that we do around them. So it's not only what they're telling us in terms of communicating, but the kind of discussions these enable by modifying and getting engaged in, in, in their creation. And with all this discussion and engagement, I suppose what you're doing is energising the workforce, getting the personnel to interact, to have a conversation, discuss ideas and get them all on board, as it were. Exactly. And, and, and I guess it relates nicely what you, you just said with the, the importance of um, thinking along the, the three C's, as, as I call them, to, to clarify, communicate and co-create. First, it, it's about clarifying your position. And as you said, engaging different individuals helps uh, to do that and bringing more engagement and uh, energy into the discussion. Of course, there is a communicative role in terms of these visuals, but uh, as we see more and more uh, in this kind of research, the co-creation element is, is quite central in, in what uh, is happening. So a lot more individuals get involved, not only about consuming the strategy, but also getting involved in having feedback, in um, putting their ideas across. So co-creation is, is an important element in these three C's of uh, the visual strategy framework. And coming back to PowerPoint, what would be the everyday practicalities? I mean, how frequent would the presentations be? Who would be expected to make them? And how would the impact be assessed and so on? I mean, the day-to-day -day operation of PowerPoint, if you like. That, that's an excellent question. And, and I guess, of course, there are the... Uh, different kinds of um, presentations that are happening in an ongoing fashion uh, the, in the internal and the external audiences that the organization might have. But what we're trying to motivate uh, organizations here is to consider the kinds of PowerPoint presentations that might be more flexible where different parts of the organization could get more actively involved and how the use of particular messages impacts um, more towards creating open discussions and opening up certain issues that might have been more contentious and more difficult to discuss. And this can happen with a picture, for example, uh, and other ways of communicating, for example, how our consumers think about our product. For example, with a tweet that is very critical of what uh, our products are about or the services that we have delivered. And this can trigger more <laughs> discussion than if you like a, a chart of, 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 of sales progression uh, over the years. Uh, and I think that's what the, the core of what we try and organizations to do around the PowerPoint slide lies uh, around. But of course, all this relies, you say, on what the key strategic objectives are in the first place. And you have to determine those from the outset. PowerPoint will only help you once you've got those clear. It won't help you to arrive at them. 
Exactly. That, that's an excellent point. Uh, and I guess many, many uh, tasks related to PowerPoints or other slides or other visuals that we use on a day-to-day -day basis are very much routine and uh, might not have a strategic uh, element to them. It is about reporting. It is about communicating. But what we try and uh, highlight with this research is that uh, when related to strategic discussions, it is useful for organizations to have clarity of purpose. Why do we have these, these discussions uh, and how can visuals help us create more open and honest and engaging discussions that um, will give us not only more data points, but also bring the organization together to then implement more effectively the, the future strategy we have at play. So would I be right in comparing this approach to open strategy, where you're hoping to get input from as wide a cross-section of the personnel at all levels, that they're all brought into the process around the PowerPoint presentation? That's a great point. And I guess um, in the open strategy and being more open has its benefits, but uh, we have to highlight that it might not suit all strategic objectives or, or not all uh, settings, but for sure an, an open approach and the use of uh, PowerPoint slides to be more open and uh, use them in an open way, if the setting is, is related to that and uh, conducive to that and strategy benefits, the strategy process benefits for having a more open approach, then for sure uh, PowerPoint slides can be used in, in that way, not in a routinized way, more as a way of engaging different aspects of the organization. So how can this visualization be used to fashion more effective business models? The ones, as we said earlier, that are emerging as the old ones have been elbowed aside by digital disruption. That's an excellent question, and it goes back to our Elon Musk example at the start of the, this podcast, uh, where he said um, uh, managers should spend less time in the meetings and uh, worrying about finances and uh, worrying about PowerPoint slides and more about consumers and uh, how to design products. And I guess it is a question, how do we go about using our PowerPoint slides using the visuals that we have, the slides that we have in terms of improving the strategic position that we have as a firm, not only in terms of reporting and communicating a certain uh, financial performance that we have, certain uh, metrics that we have, but also engaging uh, in deeper conversations about how can we make our products more relevant, how do we deal with issues that our consumers are are concerned and how can we create better experiences through our products and services. So if you like the rethinking how the PowerPoint slides are, are, are used and deployed um, in terms of the, of the strategy process is, is a really important uh, facet. And bringing in, of course, live data is one way to do that. So uh, live data from the experiences, the products, the services, that our consumers and our employees, for example, have could help with that. And bringing in live data means presumably that the whole experience is immediate and immediately updatable, so people are following things in real time. Exactly, and then it is up to the strategist how to use this uh, data, how the managers to make 
certain choices about not only the kinds of visas that will help present this, uh, this data, but actually how to trigger certain insights from, from this data. What can um, this uh, representation tell us about uh, things we're missing out, uh, things we can do better in terms of our products and services, areas that we're missing, uh, completely missing, what our competitors do better where we're missing out, uh, and how can we provide uh, an experience that is more meaningful and more robust to our consumers and then uh, stakeholders. And two key elements here, you say, are simplifying material and using it to promote discussion at all levels. Yes, and quite often we try and uh, pack a lot of information in, in slides, but I would say sometimes simple messages come from simplicity and having clarity in terms of the purpose of certain pictures, certain visuals that we're using, or certain text that we might uh, use in what might appear in a plain fashion, not very busy slide. Uh, and then sometimes it, this can trigger a lot of insights, more so than a much more complicated picture. And then also thinking about the stakeholders, those who will be involved in discussing these ideas, these, these aspects of the slide, and how it can help us uh, gain more insights and more clear direction going, going into the future. And presumably there'd be different visuals for different stakeholders. Exactly, and that's, uh, that's another key insight. Of course, there might be uh, presentations aimed for different stakeholders, for an internal or an external audience, but it, it is important to, to appreciate how do we engage these audiences, what kind of visuals we might use, what kind of questions will we pose uh, in terms of providing uh, these, these visuals. So... There is a lot of data-related visuals that can provide a lot of information about our market, the kind of services, the level of satisfaction of different uh, consumers in a very visual uh, format, infographics, for example. And the question is, what kind of questions do we then pose out of these infographics and these visuals to trigger um, better awareness of our consumers, better awareness of our stakeholders, better awareness, of course, of our key competitors and what uh, they're doing. Now, we said right at the beginning that PowerPoint, brilliant as it was, did experience something of a backlash. Do you think that was because people simply weren't using it strategically, just resorting to it as a matter of routine? Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent question. It goes back to maybe the last meeting you might recall uh, yourself. To remember how was the last uh, PowerPoint slide uh, you experienced was used? It was more to transfer uh, ideas rather than necessarily create a discussion around the key aspects of the slides. So it goes back to the heart of what you're discussing, a lot of presentation, a lot of engagement, and a lot of effort into creating the slide had to do with the routinized communicative processes of uh, reporting back, of, uh, if you like, engaging with the ritual of uh, filling in time in, in meetings and, of course, spending a lot of time also to creating these slides. 
rather than thinking how can we use the slides to create um, a, dis- a more deeper discussion, how to engage the audience uh, in some meaningful questions and, and uh, rethink in a more strategic way the direction we take with the products and services we provide. And ending where we began, I suppose if part of the backlash was summed up in that ominous phrase, death by PowerPoint, you're now promoting its resurrection. Yeah, if you can call it that way, that's a that's a good way to, to think about it. But it's the resurrection of the kinds of discussion we can have, the resurrection of the kinds of debates we can have, the resurrection of the kinds of uh, meaningful discussion we can have around PowerPoint, around the communication and insights uh, these slides provides us with. That is critical here. How can we use these visuals in a meaningful way to enrich what we do, to do things better and have a more strong and better connection with our key stakeholders, with our employees and uh, with uh, our end customers in a way that creates a competitive advantage for our firm? And finally, do you think you'll convince Elon Musk to rethink his um, prejudice against PowerPoint? (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's a good question. I would definitely have a discussion around that, given given the phone call I would be expecting the next few days about that. Okay, well, if anyone can persuade him, I'm sure it's you, Soterios. Soterios Paroutis, Professor of Strategy here at Warwick Business School, talking to me, Trevor Barnes, for this Core Insights podcast.